Welcome to Cross Lane Community Church, where we are committed to bringing people to Jesus. We hope you enjoy this online message. I have to dispense with all pre-stuff and all introductions to the sermon because there's just a lot of material and I want to get to it, a lot of scripture. You can be turning to John chapter 14 in your Bibles. That would help us if you would just get, get a jump on things, go to John chapter 14. And I'm going to say that we have defined faith as having confidence in who God is that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he's going to do. Uh, it's key that we understand that. We, that. That faith really is nothing more than trusting God. That when he says, this is who I am, we come behind that and say, that's exactly right. You are who you say you are. We believe you are who you say you are. And uh, we want to we wanna follow you. A couple of people came to Jesus one day and they, they said they were sick. And they said, will you heal us? And they said, we believe that you are able to do that. And Jesus said, that's the kind of faith I'm looking for. Not the faith that says, we know you're going to. That wasn't what Jesus was looking for. He just wanted to see whether they believed that he could. And they said, we absolutely believe that you, you can heal us. And he said, that's all it takes. That's all I'm looking for. I just, want, I, w- I just want you to believe that I am who I say I am and that I will do what I say I w- I'm going to do. To believe in the character of God is really what we're talking about. Um, We've been looking at some passages in the last couple of weeks in this series called This is Faith. Um, We've been looking at passages that could be trouble passages, passages that kind of indicate that what, I mean, if you read them just straight up, it looks like what God is saying is, here's my visa card. You know, you just pray a certain way, and and here's the visa card, and I'm going to do for you whatever you ask. In fact, we've even read passages where those are the words that get used, and if you read those just on the surface without any context without any um a little more depth and a little more background behind them you would come off thinking well god is promising to do things uh that if i ask him to do something he's going to do it but we all of us who've been christians for very long and probably every one of us in this room this morning knows that that's not how it works that we don't pray for just whatever we want and god's going to do it because if that was the case your house would be bigger your car would be bigger your bank account would be bigger your husband would be prettier everything would be better because because you would have everything that you'd ask for and and we know that that's not true just look at the husbands in the room and you know that that's not true so jesus is speaking to his disciples we're going to look at another one of those passages today to try and help you just understand what jesus is talking about when he's when he's making these claims and he's talking about prayer and what it is and what it isn't and it helps us to be able to pray better and, and so he's talking to his disciples and he makes one of those statements and it sounds again as if he has given us the golden visa card and said hey go get what you want do what you want to do john chapter 14 verse 12 is where we're going to go and, we're, and and just trust me we're going to go rapid fire today all right so forgive me for that i tell you the truth anyone who has faith in me will do what i have been doing he will do even greater things than these you ever read that passage and thought i don't understand what that means how could i do something greater than jesus he will do even greater things than these because i am going to the father and i will do whatever you ask in my name so that the son may bring glory to the father you may ask me for anything in my name and i will do it does that sound good ask me for anything in my name and i will do it now that's that sounds pretty good to me Now, everybody in the room knows that that doesn't work the way we want that to work, right? That that, just doesn't work like that. 
but God is a good heavenly father. God gives us good gifts, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And good fathers don't give their kids everything that they ask for. If I gave my kids, if I had the power to give my kids everything they ask for, they would be even more spoiled than they are now. And you know as well as I do, it does not pay for us to give to our kids everything that they want. It's just not good for them. Um, God is smarter than that. And I'm glad God is smarter than me. God is smart enough to know that if I gave Brett everything he prayed for, his life would be a mess. Everybody else's life would be a mess. And so um, we want to look at this passage again, and not just from the standpoint of what it doesn't teach, but I want to talk about some very important things that it does teach. Verse 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. Now the question is, what has he been doing? If you have faith in me, you'll do what I've been doing. Jesus, what have you been doing? For that, we go to verse 10. We get a little glimpse. Verse 10 says, don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Well, where do these words come from? Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing whose work? His work. Who's doing his work? He's doing the Father's work. Now, here's the key. Every time you read the Gospels and every time you read about the life of Christ, you need to remember this. Do you know what the work of Jesus was about? The work of Jesus, the reason Jesus came, was to do the work and the will of the Father. Jesus didn't come to do his own thing. Jesus didn't come to tell everybody, hey, this is what I think, and this is how you ought to be doing it. We're, as we're going to see today, and it's very clear in some of the passages we're going to look at today, Jesus' job was to come and do exactly what the Father told him to do. Um, it's interesting. It, it wasn't about saying that Jesus uh, thought about saying certain things. That's not what this talks about and, and doing what he thought about doing this. This passage doesn't say, well, you know, Jesus had these ideas and Jesus was saying these things. No, it, it, if, if anybody could have pulled that off, if anybody could have come and done their own thing, it would have been Jesus. But Jesus didn't do that. The point of Jesus' ministry was not, hey, look at me, I'm Jesus, I can do whatever I want. The point of Jesus' ministry was, Look at me, I'm Jesus, and I'm hoping that as you look at me, it's not long before you see the Father. I'm hoping that what you see in me is me doing the will of my Father. I'm not doing all this stuff on my own. I'm not coming up with all this stuff. I have been sent here, and I'm doing what I do because the Father tells me to do it. Um, it's pretty overwhelming, really, when you start to think about it. I want to, and, and I don't, I'm not going to ask you to flip back and forth because I'm gonna, just going to be going way too fast. But I'm going to go to John chapter 5, verse 30. Listen to what he says. By myself, I can do, what word do you see there? Nothing. By myself, this is Jesus talking. By myself, I can do nothing. I can't do anything. I, Jesus says, I'm, I'm not, I don't do anything on my own initiative. I don't, I'm not a loose cannon. I'm not out deciding what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. I don't do anything on my own. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Jesus did not initiate anything on his own. Now, to me, that is an amazing thought. He, he didn't, we talked a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, about the fig tree. He didn't curse the fig tree on his own. He didn't just say, oh, there's a fig tree. I think I'll speak to that fig tree and it's never going to produce fruit again he didn't do that on his own he did that because god said that's what i want you to do he didn't call the disciples because he said you know these guys i like these guys i'm going to ask these guys to come spend time with me 
He didn't do that on his own. He didn't call certain people. He didn't heal certain people because he thought, you know, I'm gonna, I just feel compelled to heal this one. Everything that Jesus did, he did at the behest of the Heavenly Father. He said, I, I've come to do the work of him who sent me. I want to show you another one. John chapter 12, verse 49. For I did not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. Jesus didn't, here's a news flash for you. Jesus didn't come up with his own sermon. I knew I liked Jesus. He, he spoke as he heard. Okay, he did what his father told him to do. Look at this last one, John chapter 6, verse 38. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Your Savior, as smart as he was, and as much insight as he had, did not function on his own. He came uh, to say what the Father said to say. He came to do what the Father said to do. And then he turns around and he says to you and me, if you have faith in me, you will do exactly as I have done. Well, Jesus, what have you been doing? He says, I've, I've been saying what the Father says. I've been doing what the Father says to do. And if you have faith in me, you're going to do exactly the same thing. See, this kind of flies in the face of, you know, oh, wow, I'll just come up with some things where we think Jesus was just kind of doing this on, off the cuff, where, you know, I'll just do some things and, and I'll get God to do what I want him to do. I've got an idea. I'm gonna, I think I want this person healed. So God, would you heal that person? not how Jesus was, act, was uh, moving through life. And, and what we want this verse to say is that, boy, you know, if I have all kinds of faith, then I can get God to do the things I want God to do. That I can somehow, if I could use faith as a force. And one of the things we've said about faith is faith is not a force. Faith isn't some formula that you use to get God to do the things that you want God to do. That, that is, that's not what faith is supposed to be used for. And Jesus demonstrates for us, no, faith is believing that God is who he says he is and that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. And so Jesus says, wait, you know, don't miss the context of things. Don't miss the pattern that I've left. My pattern is I don't come up with things and say, you know, I think that'd be really cool. God, do you think you could support that? That's not what Jesus is doing. He didn't, he didn't come up with prayer requests and say, God, if you could just kind of get in on this deal, this prayer request I've got, that would really make me happy and make me look good in front of everybody. He said, no, if you trust me, if you believe in me, if you have faith in me, the net result is you will do what the Father says to do. And see, it's, it's backward from what we think. The, it's the opposite uh, of what we've been taught maybe many times. It, it's, it's the opposite of sometimes what we want to say because once again, we are confronted with this awesome truth. And the one thing I want you to take from the This is Faith series is this, this word sovereign. God is sovereign. The word sovereign means God is in control. God is in control. We're not in control. We, we're used to being in control of many, many things in our world. We're used to controlling our kids, controlling our finances. If you're a boss of some kind, controlling employees, you're used to controlling things. And when things tend to get out of control, that's when you begin to feel unsettled. That's when I feel unsettled is when I think, you know, that, that's, I don't know if that's going to behave the way I want and need that to behave. And, and when that kind of starts to happen, we get a little upset. Same thing with God. We get upset with God when we lose sight of the fact that he is sovereign. He's in control. He's in charge, not us. And so it's about bringing our lives in alignment with what God says needs to happen. That's really what faith is. And that's our mission. And that was the purpose of Jesus coming, and that was Jesus' mission. Let's go on. He will, this goes back to verse 12, 
that he will, that, that is the person who puts his faith in Christ, he will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Now that is, is kind of exciting. Usually when you hear that preached, <laughs> what you hear is that Jesus did miraculous things and you will do even more miraculous things than Jesus. Um, you'll do unbelievable things if you just have faith. That you can do greater things than Jesus, more spectacular, more wonderful, bigger, flashier things. And I've heard sermons preached on this before where that was the subject, where if you just have enough faith and, and the onus is then put on you, and if you don't do bigger things than Jesus, well, the problem is you just didn't have big enough faith. Um, that's not what this passage is teaching at all. The word greater that's used here is the same as the word greater in our English language, which can have a lot of different meanings. The word greater can take on a lot of different meanings depending on how you use it. Um, it can mean a variety of things. Um, you talk about age, you can talk about something being bigger, you can talk about something being broader or something more important or more significant. It could be more spectacular. It could be more miraculous. You could use it in those ways. So the question is, what does Jesus mean when he says, if you have faith in me, you will not only do what I do, but you will do greater things than me? Well, we want to look at that this morning. It's, a, it's an important thing to know and understand. The reason I don't think he means that we will do more spectacular things than him is because, it, 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 I want to take you back to something I taught you a couple of weeks ago. Whenever you feel like God is giving you a promise, whenever you think, you know, God has spoken directly to me, one of the things that you do is you want to lay that down next to the measuring stick of the disciples. You want to ask yourself, okay, how did this work out for the disciples? Um, the disciples were faithful men. The disciples were men completely sold out to Jesus. These are guys that, uh, you know, they were locked and loaded on the things that Jesus wanted to have done. Um, did, so you ask the question, did they do more spectacular things than Jesus? Keep in mind, Jesus predicted his death. Jesus raised from the dead. I don't remember any of the disciples ever doing that. The disciples did some pretty cool things. They did those things because Jesus empowered them to do them. But I don't remember anybody really doing anything that you'd go, wow, that, that trumps what Jesus did. I don't, I don't think you see that in the disciples. So, so when Jesus says you will do greater things, uh, I would suggest to you, and I'm going to teach you today, that the disciples did do greater things than Jesus. But it's in the context and it's how you look at that word greater that becomes the problem for us. So, um, rising, raising from the dead? No, I don't, don't think that we would say that, that they did things greater in terms of more spectacular things. But they did do greater things. He, he gives us a clue as to how that happens in the next verse um, when he talks about greater things. He will do even greater things than these. And if you have a pen in your hand, you need to underline this next sentence. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Now, anytime Jesus says something's going to happen and then he follows it up with the word because, if I, if I were reading this in my office, what I would do is I would circle the word because and then I would underline the words, I am going to the Father. So whatever is going to happen is going to happen because Jesus is going to the Father. Going to the Father is significant in this case. Um, I, I've just totally blown my notes, so give me just a minute. He does not mean greater in terms of spectacular or marvelous or incredible. He means greater in terms of broader. They will do more. They, there, will be, there will be more spread out, um, bigger, greater impact, more people is kind of really what he's talking about. Why? Because when Jesus went to be with the Father, 
who did he send to live in each of us? He sent the Holy Spirit to come be in us. The Holy Spirit is the life of Jesus. And what Jesus is teaching is when I leave, it enables me to be in more than one place at one time. Imagine how slowly the faith would have grown had Jesus lived forever, just one man trying to spread the gospel by himself. Imagine how slow it would have grown. What we know about Jesus is that Jesus never traveled outside of a 25-mile radius of where he was born. He, he never really went much farther than that. Jesus' um, impact was, was fairly um, centralized. It was, it was uh, fairly pinpointed. It wasn't a broad-scope ministry that Jesus had. We've said in the course of this series that basically the people that Jesus spoke to, uh, by and large, were the Jewish people, um, his own people. Um, and what Jesus is saying is, get ready, because when I leave, I will enable you to do physically much greater, much broader, much bigger, much larger ministry things than I was able to do. Guys, if you think I made an impact, you wait until I give you the Holy Spirit, and then you go out and you start to, to spread the gospel as I've taught you how to do it. Now, the exciting thing is this. Every one of you today is an example of this promise coming to be. Because here we are thousands of miles away from Bethlehem, thousands of miles away from Jerusalem, trusting in and believing and worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. And, and, and why? Because once he left, he put his spirit into his disciples, into a lot of different people. And as people became Christians, they received the Holy Spirit. And they were able then to go and spread the gospel. And the gospel moved all around the world, even to the place where you and I are Christians today. Within a few years of him leaving, his ministry was greater um, no I don't, I'm saying that wrong within a few years of his leaving Paul comes on the scene and Paul's ministry was greater in terms of being broader and having a broader impact than that of Jesus then after Paul passes away you've got a bunch of people that Paul has converted they have the, the Holy Spirit inside them they start to spread the gospel then you come to, you come to guys like Billy Graham who've had an unbelievable impact on the world just by preaching the gospel with the, the way he's taken advantage of the, the, the television media. Now we have the internet. We have people filled with the Holy Spirit all over the world making use of the internet, making use of video, making use of radio, making use of podcasts and any kind of technology you can think of. M literally millions of people every single day hear the message of Christ. And what Jesus said is true. W when you... Uh, when I'm gone, when I go to be with the Father, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and this thing is going to take off, and it's going to get really, really crazy. So the depth and breadth of ministry is much greater. Why? Because he went to be with the Father, and that has enabled each of us to become better ministers of the gospel. Every time you love, every time you serve, every time you exhibit Christ-life behavior, you are fulfilling the promise. Why? Because you have put your faith in Christ because he's come to be inside you and consequently his ministry is going out through you and he's making an impact in places that that he could never have gone physically by himself he's just one guy he couldn't do all that that's what it means for us to do greater things you put all that together and what do you get you get men and women who trust in Christ men and women who have brought their lives into alignment with the life of Christ uh, with the purposes of God and, and what we want to say is, is, is that, yes, what God says is true, and, and I want what God wants, and I want to do what God does. And the reason we want to do that is because we trust Him. Faith is the element in this whole thing. So 
this is what he's promised that that they will do greater things well how jesus because i'm going to be with the father when you say well you know what's that got to do with us doing greater things he says because i'm going to go spend time with god i'm going to send my spirit to live in you and i'll be with you and then he gives us another clue verse 13 and i will do whatever you ask now that sounds great you know this must have blown them away i will do whatever you ask we get excited about that part but look what he says after that and i will do whatever you ask in my name so that the son may bring glory to the father you may ask me for anything in my name and i will do it see we read these passages <laughs> and the part we like best the word we would circle in that whole thing is anything because we like that if you if you ask me anything i'm gonna do it um i'll bet you if when he said this you could have pulled the disciples and asked the disciples what they thought about what jesus had just said the word anything is not the word they would have focused on that's not what would have gotten their attention do you know what would have blown them away in this statement by jesus when they heard him say the phrase in my name when he said when you ask anything in my name they would say did you hear that we can go straight to god we don't have to go through a priest anymore we don't have to wait and have somebody we can pray in jesus name what a thought you know they didn't even give 15 seconds thought i bet you to the idea of man we can ask for for anything um you know i bet for us we haven't thought about 15 seconds for 15 seconds about how empowered we are to be able to pray in jesus name we tack that on all the time right i mean think about how we pray this is pretty much we start all of our prayers the same way right dear heavenly father don't know why we start them that way that's just the way we've been taught right i mean most of us started prayers dear heavenly father and then you know you got to come behind that with the obligatory thank you for this day don't know why but but just what we do right we dear heavenly father thank you for this day and god's like okay it's a now an official prayer because you started with dear heavenly father thank you for this day and so now god dials in and listens to our prayer and when we get to the end what do we pray in jesus name do we really think about what we're saying we think that we're just praying in jesus name because we're christians and that's what we're supposed to do and, and when jesus commanded them to pray in his name it wasn't about jesus dying for their sins directly it was more about bringing specific petitions to the heavenly father he says from here on out when you pray pray in my name well what did jesus mean when he said that because we we don't even think about it when we do it but when jesus um said to do it we you know he asked the question okay jesus what, what are you trying to say to us here's what he meant and here's the only thing that really could have gone through the mind of the disciples to pray in jesus name is to pray with jesus authority to pray in jesus name was to bring a request in alignment something that jesus would do or something that jesus would ask for jesus i want to pray in such a way that you would be able to back up the prayer i'm going to ask so, so when I pray something like, Lord, would you, would you enable, would you, we want Cross Lane to be a place that wins people to Jesus. We want Cross Lane to be a place where people can come and feel your love and acceptance. God says, well, that's a prayer within the confines of my will. I want that to happen too. See, when I pray in Jesus' name, I'm trying to line my prayer up with the things that I think God wants. And again, 
it's not about trying to change God's mind. It's about changing me. It's about what God has to say to me. So let me, let me do this by way of illustration. <clears throat> I need a drink bad. My vocal cords are getting cooked up here. If someone showed up at your house today and they got out of a big, long, black limousine and they had a white envelope tucked under their shoulder and they took that, they walked up to your door and knocked on your door and took that white envelope out and presented it to you and on the front of it, it had the presidential seal and they said your name. And they said, you know, I, I, I'm Mr. So-and-so, I am a representative of the President of the United States and I have been sent here today to, to have a discussion with you about something that's pretty important. <clears throat> you could care less about the messenger. That, that's not, the messenger is not who you're focused on when something like that happens to you. Your focus is pretty much on two things. Your focus is on, okay, that looks like that came from the President of the United States. I'm assuming that you represent him. You just called me by name. I want to know how you know my name and why you know my name. I want to know what you have to say to me because if you represent him, it's got to be important. It's got to be something that, you know, you're, the minute someone hands you something with a presidential seal on it, you're going to kind of perk up and, and pay attention to that. The messenger wasn't the issue. And really, what was written on the piece of paper isn't the issue. The, the issue is, how does the person you're representing know me? The issue is, uh, what does he want and, and what does the person that you're representing want with me? Why why has he sent you to me? They would be coming in the president's name and you would assume that if they were coming in the president's name, they were coming to do the president's will, not their own will. And if, you're, if you were to find out they were there of their own will, you probably aren't going to pay a whole lot of attention to them. But how many of you, when you were growing up, had brothers and sisters, and if you went in and said, um, you need to turn down the stereo, your brother or sister would look at you like, you know, walk west to your hat floats, I'm not turning the stereo down. But if you walked in and said, dad said, turn the stereo down. Well, you knew at that point, I mean, there's some options, you can leave it up. But if they're telling the truth and dad said to turn the stereo down, if the, if the next visit into the room is dad, I'm probably not going to like the way that turns out. So since dad said to turn it down, you know, I know you're just my little brother and I don't normally listen to you, but because you come with the authority of dad, okay, I'll turn the stereo down. You know, Jesus was saying, when you pray, when you come to the father, <clears throat> I want you to be careful to pray in Jesus name. In other words, when you pray, you're not just coming up with stuff and tacking on Jesus' name at the end of it. You know, it's not like, hey, I'll ask for a new car, and, you know, I need some money, I'll ask for some money, and um, be great if my, you know, 40-year-old daughter get married, I'll pray for her to get married. Um, you know, I'll pray Jesus' name at the end of that, and maybe God will have to do all that stuff. That's not how that's working at all. You know, God thinks, it's, it's not like God hears you say, <clears throat> in Jesus' name, and goes, well, they prayed in Jesus' name, now I got to do it. You know, now I'm locked in. If they hadn't prayed in Jesus' name, I wouldn't have to do all this stuff they're asking for. But because they prayed in Jesus' name, now I have to. That's not what this is about. This is about bringing our lives, bringing our desires, bringing our requests, our wills into alignment with what Jesus is up to. That's what faith is. So that our prayers are along the lines of God's will and Jesus' will. That's what it means to be a good prayer. 
that's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. That's what it means to have faith, that we come to God and say, Lord, here's what I want you to do, and, and, and this is something that Jesus would want done. You know, when you pray, hopefully you're, you're asking for things that you believe Jesus would want done because you're an agent of his, because you're representing him. And Jesus says, when you come in my name, you know, when you come with my will, I'm going to do it. Think, I'll do anything you want when it's in alignment with my will. You, you say, well, now you're just playing word games with us. Stick with me. We'll get to the end. See, this is not the Visa card. This is not God's golden master card where, you know, just take it and go do what you want. This is about bringing our lives into alignment with the purposes and plan of God. <clears throat> See, Jesus functioned in the will of the Father. Listen to this verse, John chapter 10, verse 25. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe the miracles I do in my Father's name. Even the miracles he did, he did in his Father's name. Why is that important? He came in the name of the Father. What, what did he mean by that? He says, everything I'm doing is, is what the Father wants done. Everything I'm saying is what the Father once said. I'm not here doing my own thing. I'm here in the name of the Father. And he says to you and to me, when you pray, I want you to come and say in Jesus' name. And Jesus is telling him, just as I've been here to do the will of my Father when I leave, you will do the will of the Father. And just as I've been here representing God, you will represent God. And when you come in Jesus' name, when you ask it anything in Jesus' name, when your will is lined up with his will, I'm going to do that stuff. It's not a magic formula. You know what else he says? He says, there will be some who come in Jesus' name who will be false teachers. There will be some who come and they pray in Jesus' name, but the things that they're praying really aren't lined up with the will of God. And he says, when they do that, the things that they're praying for aren't going to come to pass because the, their will hasn't been lined up with the will of God. Look at verse 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that, if you have a pen in your hand, circle the words, so that. So that the Son, of God, so the Son may bring glory to the Father. That little phrase, so that, is a, a little Greek word. It's, it's henna. It's, this is called a henna clause. It gives purpose. So when you see the word so that, you, you want to circle those always because there's purpose behind whatever it is that's attaching to that. Jesus is saying the purpose behind all this is not that you get all your prayers answered. See, that's what we, we get caught up thinking, well, I just got to get all my prayers answered. The purpose behind this, the driving force behind this whole discussion is so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Why? Because Jesus' work was to do what God said. And Jesus' work was to bring glory to the Father. If you're wondering why you're here, you say, well, you know, wh why do I exist? This is why you exist. You exist to bring glory to the Father. If you want to know what the will of God is, the will of God is really pretty easy in your life. You ask yourself the question, what will bring glory to the Father? When you can figure out what is going to bring God glory, that is his will. So if, you have to, uh, if you're one of the fortunate few in this day and age that has two job offers and you're trying to figure out well which one should i take one of the questions you ask is which one of these jobs can i most bring glory to the father and and you know it's pretty simple at that point whichever one is going to bring the most glory to god would be the one that is in his will where in the world was i skip 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 the problem is this the problem and if I'm talking and you're thinking, man, I don't like this sermon. I, I, this is not, he's not interpreting, interpreting this the way I would like for this to be 
interpreted. Um, you know, you're probably thinking, well, Brett, this seems to be a much bigger deal to you than it is to me. Here's what you need to understand. If, if you don't like what you're hearing right now, the odds are pretty good that you're in rebellion against God. The odds are pretty good that, you know, God, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that I can't control you. I don't want to hear that I can't pray and initiate certain things for you to do for me just by my faith. I don't want to hear that. I mean, we, we like the idea that somehow we can have control over things and we can manipulate things and we can order things the way we want them to be ordered. And when I get up here and tell you, you know what, faith isn't about you trying to orient things so that God will do what you want him to do. That's not what faith is. Faith is about you moving into alignment with his will. We don't like that. Because we, we're, we're, we're used to people coming into alignment with our will. And when God says, no, I, I'm unmovable. You know, I don't, I don't move to your whims. I want you to bring your whims in line with what I'm all about. We, we sometimes don't like that. And if you're finding yourself kind of bucking against what I'm teaching right now, it's possible that the reason you're bucking against it is, if I can just be blunt, your motives stink. You know, your motives stink. You just, it's like, no, I, I liked it better when I could pray and get God to do what I wanted to have done. It doesn't work that way. Okay, uh, real quick, I want to go to 1 John chapter 5, and then we'll close out. Last week I said that there was a shift between what Jesus says and what the apostles uh, say that Jesus says. Remember that the gospels are a recording of what Jesus said. The epistles and when I was a little kid, I used to think that, that the epistles were the wives of the apostles. I've since grown to an understanding that that's not what that is at all. The epistles are the letters that the, the apostles wrote. Um, the epistles are a recording of what Jesus meant. And so it seems that there, you know, there's this change in relationship between faith and prayer when you look at the epistles and you look at what Jesus said. And I hope to, in the next three or four minutes, just kind of help you to understand that they're saying the exact same thing. Um, you have to remember that the audience to which Jesus was speaking was a Jewish audience. So when they heard him say the word faith, they understood faith to mean that, that I believe God is who he says he is and he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And they didn't understand faith to be something that they could leverage against God to get God to do their thing. They understood faith to be we can place our faith, our trust in what God says. And he's unmovable and he's going to take care of us. Uh, they understood that. Now, w us, in our non-Jewish background, and sometimes the poor teaching that has accompanied that, um, it, we get confused. So when John began writing his epistle, he knew he would not be writing to a pri primarily Jewish audience, so he elaborated on uh, and explained what Jesus meant. There's no contradiction to, to the explanation Jesus gave. H here is a promise that we don't often times claim. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, and then you go, oh, no. Why couldn't he have just left it right there? Why couldn't he have just said anything? Because he's going to come behind the word anything with some qualifiers. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, when you say, what do you mean he hears us? Does he not always hear us? No, he hears us. It's just another way of saying he's going to go along with it. That, that, that when we ask things, if we ask anything according to his will, he's going to hear that. Verse 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, 
he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have what we ask of him we hate that because we say well you know what's the use of praying i mean if you know if 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 i pray and the only thing i'm praying is just to pray the what's already god's going to do what's the purpose of me doing that that doesn't seem like that's doing any good at all see if you think that way then you look at prayer as something that you do to change god and and here's where a shift needs to happen in how you see prayer because if if you get frustrated by the idea well i can ask god for anything as long as it's in his will well what's the use of praying then you're a person who thinks prayer should be used to change god's mind when in fact i don't pray to change god's mind I pray to change my mind. I'm the one who needs to change. I'm the one whose will needs to come into alignment with that of the Heavenly Father. Because, once again, God is sovereign. God's in control. I'm not in control. And the reason that we buck against this is because we, we just don't like it. Now, here's a trick question for you. I want you to look at that verse 14, that top part there. Look at that, and I want you to tell me what that verse says about faith okay look at the verse on the screen and you tell me what that verse says about faith remember that when jesus talked he was talking about faith now we come to john and and what you're going to find is <laughs> there's nothing in there about faith you're going man what translations he got i'm i'm lost don't miss this about faith john said if you're going to pray pray in accordance with god's will and he's going to do it and you want to say, but John, Jesus said you have to believe. And now you come behind it and you, you leave out faith altogether. You leave out what seems to be a, a key element. You're talking about answered prayer and you don't even mention faith. All you mention is praying according to the will of God. Well, what's the connection? Here's the connection. Praying in faith and praying according to the will of God are the same thing. Okay? So when you pray in faith, and you pray according to the will of God, that's the same thing. Faith is responding to what God has promised he is going to do. So faith is working and living according to his will. And so John says, let me clear up the confusion for you non-Jewish people. When you pray according to his will, he'll do whatever you ask, because that's what Jesus meant. I'm going to skip. <clears throat> Jesus says the emphasis is faith. John says the emphasis is his will. And we say, well, who's right? And my answer is both are right because it's the same thing. Here's why we pray. We pray so that men and women who are watching us will see that God is in control and can see what God is doing. Jesus, Jesus did not go to the Garden of Gethsemane just before he was crucified and pray so that he could discover God's will. It's not like Jesus was thinking, you know, I wonder what God's thinking. I think I'll go to the garden and ask him. No, uh, Jesus didn't say, you know, I wonder if God knows that I'm really not into this whole dying on the cross thing. I wonder if he knows that. I think I'll go to the garden of Gethsemane and I'll just lay that out for him. And maybe if he understands that I'm not really into it, then I won't have to do that. That's not what was going on. Jesus went to the garden to pray because the Father's will and his human will were not in sync and what was happening in the garden when jesus is praying is jesus was bringing his will into alignment with the will of god that is exactly what was going on 
with Jesus. And he was trying to pray his prayers according to the will of God. Heavenly Father, not my will, but your will be done. Prayer is not about changing God. Prayer is about changing us. And when we can get to the place where we say, Father, this really isn't so much about what I want, but this is about what you want. And I I just want to start my prayer by affirming this one thing. You're in control, and I'm not. I'm telling you, when you can order your prayers to understand that God is in control and not you, because we're so used to being in control in so many areas, and God comes and says, not here. Because if you understand faith as something that you can use to manipulate God, you totally misunderstand faith. Faith is praying according to the will of God. Faith is living according to the will of God. And so when we pray, it's not, God, I hope I can change your mind. It's, God, change me. Change me. I want things to happen according to your will. So when the things that you want to happen don't happen, instead of you getting mad at God, here's what ends up coming out of your mouth. God, your will is obviously not for that to happen. And I want my will to line up with, with your will. So be it. Listen, I, I, I know I do this all the time. I know I talk about these two things all the time. But this is where the rubber hits the road right here. You can look spiritual all day long, but being spiritual is bringing your will in alignment with God. And when things don't go your way, you say, you know what, God? You're the boss. You are the boss, and I'm not. Your will, not my will. Let's pray. Father, we, we are so accustomed to getting what we want. And, and when things don't go our way, we get out of whack in a hurry. And we sadly sometimes carry that over into our relationship with you lord we really do want to be a people who line our will up with your will we really do want to be a people who understand that when we are told that we can ask anything and you will do it that that anything is qualified by it's got to be in your will and that we would bring our will into alignment with yours so father help us in in all honesty to just get over ourselves help us to to see prayer in a whole new light and to not see it as something that we do to change you but something that changes us father i would pray that we when we pray we don't do nearly as much talking as we do just listen because father oftentimes we just don't hear your voice and it's not because you're not talking to us it's just because we don't want to listen god you're great you're mighty you are awesome you are greatly to be praised and this morning in this place as hard as it is for us we want to bring our will into alignment with yours and tell you that we love you and tell you to have your way and have your will in our life. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.